When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. It's the Double Duty Podcast again. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Talking Real Money. It's Talking Real Money, the audio podcast, and then the video podcast. And we're glad you're there. I'm Don McDonald, along with Tom Cock, and I don't really know where he is until I edit this, so he's either there... He's probably, he's one of those ways. That's Tom over there. I would prefer to be above, <laughs> I don't know. actually, if that's I guess, possible. I guess I would. I, no, you know what? Oh, I can okay. decide. Let's see. Am I going to put you on the right or the left of me? I'm good. I'd want up. No, that's not the way the screen works. So you're going that way or that way. Pick a way. Which way do you want to be? All right. I'm just going to put you wherever. Welcome to our little get-together. Today, we want to talk about something that a lot of people, particularly younger people, are a a bit obsessed with, and that is retiring early. It's the R-E in F-I-R-E, or FIRE, the Financial Independence Retire Early Movement. Now, I can understand when you're doing a dull, mundane, horrible, awful job in your 20s like when I worked the Sears service counter. You know, that was just every day. You have a new timer for a washer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to retire. It's just drudgery. But I don't think a lot of you are going to want to retire when you get older because what are you going to do when you retire? I don't know. But if you do, we're going to try and help you out, aren't we, Tom? Well, we are. It's a fascinating thing to me. Um, It's now one of six people under the age of 50 that want to retire at 55. One of six. That's a pretty big number. Um, Remembering that it was just like 80 years ago, there basically was no retirement. You really worked until you dropped. I mean, and and then Social Security came along, allowed people to quit in their mid-60s. So, we're going to give you a few dates, birth dates to think about. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of the problems I see uh, and then general thoughts about all this. So, but let me give you a couple of dates. First of all, if you do want to retire at 55, 55 is a big number because at 55, if you retire or if you're laid off or you leave your job, separate from your job, you can take money out of your qualified accounts like your 401k and not pay the 10% penalty. Whereas any other time you take money out of those things before 59 and a half, you pay a 10% penalty on top of the tax. So you could at 55, leave your job, retire and start taking money out of your retirement savings. All right. I'm not telling you to do that, but this program is about retirement. No, it's about what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and, And by the way, all of these things have been exacerbated a bit during the pandemic, right? Where people have been away from their jobs, and now they're waking up and their companies are telling them, uh, remember that office? Yeah, we'd like you to return to it here at some point, uh, like next week. So people oh, are going to, there's going to be more people that say, I don't want to go back to it. 
No question. Yeah. No question. So 55 is a big one. The The next big one, Don, in terms of numbers, 59 and a half. Two things there. You can take money out of, again, out of your retirement accounts and pay no penalty if you're if they're in an IRA, et cetera. And right. Generally, if you're still working, you can take money from your 401k and roll it into an iron in service distribution, which uh, allows you to continue to be part of your retirement plan at work, but take the money out and have it either managed for you or put in a more advantageous situation. By the way, be very, very careful because a lot of mistakes I see people making with the in-service distribution, including moving the money out to the wild, wild west, which is individual retirement accounts and getting into really awful things, including high expense annuities, et cetera, right? 55 and 50. May I add something there? Yes, please do. If it's in a retirement account, a 401k, a 403b, an IRA, whatever it might be, if it's in one of those tax sheltered vehicles right now, do not ever put it into an annuity. And if somebody's pushing you to do that, you call us at 855-935-TALK, please. And yeah, I mean, I would sever the relationship too. Um, The next big birth date is 62 because at 62, you can start drawing your social security. Now, remember, you're locking in a lower payment for the remainder of your life. The only Mm -hmm. raise you're going to get after that is inflation, cost of living increase, right? So that's something to strongly consider. But we always tell people to wait, but then there's the other side of all this, right, Don? If you have no longevity in your family, if you've already been sick in some way, if your health is poor, then yeah, go ahead and file, take your money. I mean, the thing to consider here always is too, if you're working, how much of that social security you're going to be paying in taxes. That's something to take a very careful look at. And it's a problem. Yeah. That is is crucial because if you are working and collecting social security, a substantial portion of that social security money is just going to go right back to the government. So you need some care around all of these things. You need careful planning. You don't do this by the seat of your pants. So social security reduction is one problem I see. Number two problem is healthcare. Remember, you're not eligible for Medicare until age 65. So you have to have some sort of healthcare and to go buy that on your own on the economy can be very expensive, right? I mean, this is not something to be trifled with. Even with Medicare, healthcare is expensive. So look at that carefully. And the other one, Don, that I see people, the problem with retiring early is purpose. Uh, this is a fascinating number to me. The highest suicide rate in the United States are men over the age of 70. Let me say that again. The highest percentage of suicides in this country are men over the age of 70 because they don't have a purpose. They don't get up in the morning and need to tell Don McDonald what to do or something else. As Tom does pretty much every morning. (laughs) There's something to look forward to. Like clockwork. It's like, oh, 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 look, it's Tom Call time. (laughs) Well, no, but I don't want to sound xenophobic. I really don't. Um, But the fact of the matter is men have been raised for thousands of generations to have that as their purpose. You know, we, we, we don't give birth to children. We don't nurse them. We make, we, we generally have tended to be breadwinners in society. And I know that is that sole bread, breadwinner role has vanished and that's great. 
but you have to remember that, uh, that, that we're all wired differently and you've got to have some purpose in retirement. And a lot of you in your 20s and 30s are thinking, well, it's just going to be fun to travel. Well, traveling costs a lot of money and even it can get dull and routine and boring after a while. You need to have something you passionately love to do that you want to do in retirement that you cannot do now. Someone told me that you need to have someone dependent on you. There's somebody else you're doing something for, which I thought that's an interesting point too. Here are my overall thoughts on retiring early. If health or longevity are an issue, absolutely. Take your money, go take care of it and enjoy it. Number two, please, anybody over the age of 50 should sit down with a legitimate fee-only 100% fiduciary planner and have a plan for retirement. You got to run the numbers. You can't just race into this. I still see people getting into their 60s and saying, oh, I, sh- I thought I'd give you a call, see if I have enough money. Well, I hope so, because that's awful late to find out. Uh, here's another one. I would have, if I retired at least five years of expenses covered by uh, savings, an investment of some kind, safe. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to put bonds here. I know you're going to say bonds have some volatility. Yeah, they're, they've had a bad year. They're down about 3% this year. I would still have all that money. I personally would still have in bonds because making something as opposed to savings, but I would have that set aside. Here's another one. This is another one people overlook. I would have spending guardrails. I'd say, here's how much I'm going to spend this year, this year, this at least a few years out because people have a tendency to retire. And guess what? You just mentioned travel. They have more time on their hands to spend their money more <laughs> because they're not making it. I'd have those guardrails in place. And here's the final one. This is the, a huge one. When we run calculations for people on their retirement, we look at two different sets of returns. One is looking back. And those of you who know, uh, know that stocks and bonds have had exemplary returns, especially the last 50 years. It's been really, really good to be in both. The software that we trust, Money Guide Pro, says moving forward, and I know this is a projection, stocks and bonds will make less. Here's my suggestion. I would always err on the conservative side of returns. Don't ever retire and say, oh, I'm going to be okay because I'm 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, and I'll make 8 to 10% every year. No, you won't. A lot of years you won't make that, and you may or may not make that on average for the next 20 or 30 years. And so I would be conservative. I'd say, nah, what if I make 5%? Does the money last? Will, will, will I be okay? So those are some of my big picture points. I think at the end of the day, for most people, most people that I know, they're engaged. They're involved in something. They have some reason for existence. If you take that away, money aside, living in retirement can be very difficult. Personally, uh, I have no, and Don and I have talked about this. I really don't have a plan to retire because I mm-hmm. love what I'm doing. I watched my father do it, and I'm pretty sure he was miserable. He just did not, he didn't find anything that he was really interested in that engaged him. I would find that engagement first. I'd have a plan anytime over the age of 50. And then be ready to stick with that, as I say, with the guardrails in place. Well, and I want to come back to one point you made because I want to drive home the reality of early retirement. You alluded to this. You talked about health insurance. You are not eligible for Medicare until you turn the month you turn 65 years old. So let's say you're going to retire early at 62. You're thinking 62. 
That's the year I'm going to do it. I'll take that Social Security early. I have a little bit of extra money put aside. Well, let me just give you my case. At 62 years old, my insurance or my, my Social Security would have been about $2,000 a month, just a smidge over $2,000 a month. If I wait, it's closer to four. It's just a huge difference. My health insurance for my wife and I at 62 years old was $2,000 a month. That's just for the insurance. Then there's an additional $6,000 in out-of-pocket that we paid over and above that. So our Social Security would have been entirely eaten up by medical expenses, leaving us with whatever our savings was to live on over those years. So when you're young, you think, I can get by without health insurance, because a lot of young people do. Because serious illnesses are rarer when you're young. They get less rare when you get older. So bear all of Trust you on that? Trust me on that. <laughs> Not okay. me personally, but it's just all in right. the family. My wife has had mm-hmm. health challenges, yeah. and, um, and, and it can be very expensive. So you've got to take a lot into account, which again, brings us back to that point. Have a plan. At least get started with a simple plan. And one of the ways you could do that is to go to Vestory.com, which is our firm. We have for a decade been offering people free help, absolutely free help. No obligation, no sales pitch. You don't have to go and go on. They're going to try and sell me a timeshare. I know it. No, no. Well, one, we don't sell timeshares. Maybe a condo. But yeah, Tom's old condo. <laughs> if you can get the tax situation straightened out with exactly. Bank of America. <laughs> Thank you, Bank of America. How's that going, by the way? Uh, no contact whatsoever. This is ridiculous. Debbie has. They, Debbie and I have a friend who's a VP at Bank of America. Do you want us to get her involved? Probably good at Let this point. Let us know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just go to vestry.com. Set up an appointment with one of our advisors. You do not have to become a client. And we're not going to pressure you to become one because we want everybody to get this right. We don't want you to mess this up. And at 55 or 60, be going, I'm going to retire. I'm good. And I've, you don't have enough money and you end up you know, working somewhere you don't want to work. And I'm not going to mention any places with blue vests or anything like that. Uh, so I just saw the movie. So yeah, I know how it works. Yeah. Yeah. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. You can call us with questions. You can also send them in at talkingrealmoney.com. And Tom, I know you want a question before we go. Oh, please. Yes, I definitely do. All right. This one um, is about retirees and bond duration. 73-year-old retiree, BIV is my plain vanilla bond portfolio. Duration of the fund, this is the average amount of time that the bonds stay in the fund, is 6.6 years. With cash reserves, fixed asset duration is lowered to about 4.5 years over his entire fixed income portfolio, basically. How is one best served thinking about the ideal duration now and looking ahead? Higher, lower, about the same, or am I chasing a white whale even evaluating this issue? I don't understand the chasing a white whale. I guess that means you can't find it. That means that, yeah, it's sort of like chasing a ghost, uh, chasing okay. unicorns, looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Got uh, it. Predicting yeah, the market I mean, future, market let's timing. Let's go back. 
couple of things on bonds. First of all, we believe in quality. Yes. We believe in only owning really, you know, U.S. government bonds. If you're going to own corporate bonds, they've got to be of the highest quality. And, and so that's part one. Part two is duration. That is how long until you get your money back when you buy the bond. And we, again, believe doing everything in bond exchange traded funds or bond funds. So with a duration of around five, that's extremely safe because you're getting the likelihood of a big loss in a fund like with that duration that short, not much. Again, I just looked at the intermediate term bond that's operated by dimensional funds. DFIGX, it's lost about 3% year to date. The average duration there, I think, is closer to eight and a half years. So it's a little longer. The exposure is a little greater to interest rate risk, right? I mean, which is something that we've seen affect the markets this year. It's happened in the past. But again, here's another big picture thought about all of this, about risk. When you talk about risk in stocks, You remember last spring, you lost 30% of your money in stocks in a few weeks. When you talk about risk in bonds, as I said, they've had a bad year this year, you're down about 3%. That's the important perspective, I think, around all of this. Yeah, and the BIV, the Vanguard Intermediate uh, Bond ETF, is down 3% year to date. Again, I don't think it's anything to worry about. It's pretty stable. You can expect that from time to time when the interest rate environment is difficult. And one of the things we need to remember as investors is that your returns are supposed to be averaged returns. You're supposed to look at returns over an extended period of time. Bear in mind that for all of the noise about bonds being incredibly risky over the past decade, everybody's been saying bond prices are going to fall for a decade. Well, in 2019, your BIV, your intermediate term ETF, returned 10 and a third percent. A bond fund returned and how 10 about and a 2020? third. Nine and two thirds percent. So now to lose 3% is really no reason for you to lose sleep. So literally, you made 20% over two years. So now over two and a half years, you're down to 17%. Oh my gosh, what a terrible, I think terrible the question thing. was about maturity. Again, I, I like your very short maturity. I would at times might be tempted to go a little longer, but not a big deal. No, you're in the right, you're in the right place longer term. And you're right about the, the white whale thing. You know, maybe you're just overthinking this. Uh, we tend as investors, as human beings, to overthink a lot of things in our life. And it's better, I find, and I think it's pretty universal that you, you, you get out of the little stuff and you look at the big picture. Don't get in the weeds. You can't literally, you, you will lose sight of the forest for the trees. You need to go look at the big picture and ignore all this little stuff. You got the basics right. Leave it alone. We are out of time. I think. Yes. Yes. That's plenty of time for this podcast. Uh, That's today's. This will become a video in a day or so at our new YouTube channel. Banned but back. Banned but back. It's not new. Actually, we started our YouTube channel in 2017. And by 2020. No no one else we knew. (laughs) 
by 2021, we didn't pay much attention to it. By 2021, we had a whopping 67 subscribers. It's a lot like my last foray into television. I had people, but there just weren't very many of them. That's all. Yeah. So yeah. when was your show on, by the way? What was like Saturday at 2 a.m.? Yeah, it was on Friday nights at 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Nobody watches TV Fridays. And then Montana was on Friday nights at 7 because I'm much more popular in Montana, as you may know. Or actually, it's the same. Huge in Great Falls. Huge in Great Falls. Basically, the same time because it's mountain. I didn't want to go there and try and confuse the issue. I just felt better about the fact that I was on earlier, you know, than earlier. Anyway, people are still awake. Now you made me lose track of what I was going to, Oh, uh, go to, go to our (laughs) YouTube channel, which is by the way, since we were banned and come and came back, our subscriptions have doubled. Wow. All the way up to one thirty something, (laughs) one thirty four or something like that. (laughs) not exactly setting the YouTube channel on fire with that one. No, that's why we our bread and butter is still the video or the audio podcast where we have like tens of thousands of people listening. So. I think next week to ramp that up a little bit, we'll get Taylor Swift's investment advice. Get her to come on and tell us the things she believes in. Maybe that'll yeah. boost. Oh yeah, that'll be great. It'll be it'll probably sound a lot like uh, every other famous person who's got a lot of esoteric, ridiculous, stupid investments in which they can afford to lose a fortune and make their managers rich, which is what they're doing. So, thanks for watching, listening, listening, watching. I'm Don McDonald. That's Tom Cock. We appreciate you being there. Please tell your friends. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast service. And uh, keep listening. We really appreciate you being there. Take care. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.